This is Audio Insights from Route Consultant. This community of contractors is always on the go, so we've created a resource to move with you. Join me, Spencer Patton, as I talk with my team, fellow contractors, and vendors about our industry. There's a quick disclaimer I need to read. Route Consultant is not endorsed by and is not recommended by Federal Express Corporation and FedEx Ground. Route Consultant is not sponsored by, is not approved by, is not associated with, and has no connection whatsoever with Federal Express Corporation or FedEx Ground. We talked in our last episode about remote ownership and how to set yourself up for success as a remote owner. Today, we are focusing on scaling your business, and specifically, we're looking at when and how to add staff to your organization as you grow your business. Before we do that, though, let's take a few minutes here at the top to talk about current events. We're recording in July 2020, and I know there's a lot going on in the industry and in the market in general. What are you focused on right now? Yeah, so we're a little past the halfway mark here in in 2020. So as we've mentioned in every podcast so far, it seems like 2020 just keeps having more layers to the onion, right? You know, it's it's not me crying, I promise, it's the (laughs) onion. (laughs) Someone's chopping onions in these podcasts. So it's incredible what's going on worldwide. Owning FedEx routes is one of the few pockets of the economy that is doing as well as we've ever done. And, and I, I sometimes feel a little bit sheepish about it because I know that there's a lot of people that it's just the complete opposite. Uh, people are, are losing their jobs, businesses are closing that are never gonna reopen. And e-commerce is the beneficiary of a lot of the pain that's going on in the retail space. So with my business owner hat on, this is a great diversification. It is continuing to weather the storm as we have gone halfway through 2020. And it really, as of this recording, we're going back into some shutdowns in different parts of the country which is causing our volume levels somewhat counterintuitively to start rising again. The retail locations that were opening or at least attempting to open are now fully shutting back down again. Apple is closing many of their stores nationwide. So that volume that was starting to go back to the retail storefront is moving right back to e-commerce and we are seeing our volume levels that are already twice of what they were this time last year resume their upward trend. So it's uh, incredible to see in the industry what's happening. It's an amazing time to be involved in e-commerce, but we also wear a, a moment of, uh, of being somber just because we recognize how fortunate we are uh, to be in this space. That's for sure. Great insight. Thanks for sharing. Let's transition to the conversation today about scaling your organization. Start right at the beginning and we'll focus on P&D operations first. How many routes do you need before you can sustain an off-the-truck manager? And can you talk about what that means? Sure. And so broadly for scaling in general, this is probably one of the top five questions that we get. So, you know, my operation, I've got 225 drivers, 275 trucks on the road across 10 different states. I'm in both line haul and pickup and delivery. 
And that didn't happen overnight. <laughs> it was something that I had to build that block by block in my organization. And I made every mistake along the way of hiring and trying to figure out the right people to hire and when to hire them. And for me personally, what I've learned is that I tend to wait until I am drowning and, and in order to, to try to hire somebody. And then I'll wait until there's just one cup more, then I'll hire somebody. <laughs> it's, it's just, uh, you know, a little bit more water right on top. And that is what motivates me to hire somebody. So I've, I've learned that about myself over these last seven and a half years is that I need to hire a little bit sooner than what I have in the past, or maybe a lot bit sooner. And so scaling is something that I think I can add value for contractors that are coming into the gate. So that way I can help you avoid some of the mistakes that I've made along the way. And, and also some of the things that I got right along the way, occasionally a blind squirrel finds a nut, Kylie. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I found uh, some good decisions. So when we talk about scaling for the remainder of the podcast, we're really talking about how you grow your business from uh, the ground level of your first acquisition to being as large of a contractor as you want to be. In the pickup and delivery space, when we talk about a route, just for those of you that are perhaps new, what I mean by a route is one driver and one truck. Okay, so when you own a territory with FedEx Ground, you own the package delivery rights generally for a zip code. So think about the zip code that you live in. There is a contractor somewhere that owns the package delivery rights to deliver all of the packages to your zip code. They may have one route in that zip code, so like one driver and one truck, or you may live in a very dense zip code where they've got 10 drivers or 50 drivers and 50 trucks in that zip code. It's completely up to the contractor to decide how many routes and how many drivers go into servicing a territory. And so when you think about all of these drivers and all of these routes, you've got to have managers that are there at the FedEx facility to make sure these drivers show up and make sure the trucks start in the morning. So in general, in order to justify financially a full-time off-the-truck manager, you need to have between eight routes up to 15 routes is when it kind of outstrips how much one manager is able to handle. So if you have fewer than eight routes, it's difficult financially to justify a full-time manager that is not on a truck every day. And once you get above 15, it starts to become too much for one manager to be responsible for on a daily basis. Okay. So a manager comes into play at eight routes uh, and they can manage up to 15. And then how often do you add another manager? I like to add managers really in iterations of eight. So once you get to 16 routes, you would have a second manager. Once you get up to 24 routes, you'd have a third manager. And then really you can start thinking about having a regional manager, which is someone that is gonna be a manager of the managers as you become a larger organization. And those are gonna be decisions that you'll make based upon the competencies of the, the people that you hire. We've got a really useful infographic for those of you that are interested in seeing this scale uh, in visual form that will kind of show you how I scaled my business and the important points along the way that I hired a team. Great, and we will definitely put that infographic on the show notes here. 
Let's think about a few other roles. At what size can you justify having a part-time or full-time mechanic for a P&D operation? So a mechanic is a fantastic way to protect your margins because one of the things that you have to understand about this business is there's really only two levers that influence your profitability. There's payroll and there's repair and maintenance. So as I kind of tell people all the time, it's people and trucks. If you can do people and you can do trucks well, you're going to love this business. If you can't execute those two things well, this will literally be hell on wheels for you. <laughs> you will not enjoy uh, FedEx contracting. But that's true with every business. Every business is going to have those elements that require attention. And what I love about contracting with FedEx Ground is that there's just not a lot of levers that you have to be watching and manipulating on a regular basis. One of those levers, though, is that repair and maintenance piece. And so I like to find a at least handy driver. So a driver that has the ability to do some mechanicking around 12 routes. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're going to have a full-time mechanic. That driver still needs to drive on a regular or all the time basis. But if that driver also has the ability to change oil, change brakes, change tires, headlights, marker lights, just kind of all the not major stuff, but this is a small ticky tack stuff and you don't have to send the truck into a shop in order to get those things done. Those are gonna be areas that it doesn't sound like a lot, but it adds up materially over time. So having that full-time mechanic is probably not justifiable at 12 routes, but having that driver that is very mechanically inclined at that point is valuable even before 12 routes, but especially once you get to that 12 route side, you need to have somebody on your team that can help. Okay, and did you say when does a full-time mechanic justify to what size routes? A full-time mechanic, it depends on a lot of different factors. So it depends upon how many miles per day your territory is doing. If you're doing a very low mileage per day territory, then you're not gonna be putting a lot of wear and tear on your vehicle. So you can probably stretch a little bit further until you hit the time where you need a mechanic. So I have some territories where my routes literally do 10 or 15 miles a day, which is incredibly small. You know, you're gonna have tires that will last for years there. So for territories like that, there's an argument that says that I might be at 40 or 50 or 60 routes before I would need a full-time mechanic. And then you might have other territories where you're doing 200 miles a day or 250 miles a day, and you could start making an argument for a mechanic between 20 and 40 routes. It also depends on fleet strategy. And this is something that, that we at Route Consultant really align ourselves with you to help you formulate a fleet strategy. Part of the key things of being successful in this space is that you know when you acquire vehicles and when you dispose of vehicles. And if you don't have a really good formulated plan of the acquisition and disposal plan of what mileage intervals and that whole approach, and that's what we help you craft, then you're just planning to fail, really. So you want to have a great fleet strategy and a great strategy around personnel. That's what we exist to help you with. So when I give kind of these scale thresholds, there's going to be obviously metrics of the underlying business that will influence and tailor when you might need to have somebody at a certain level of routes versus a different level of routes. That's a great point, especially that geography can make a huge difference here. 
it is the the big difference maker and an ultimate equalizer in that geography. If you have a very dense territory, like I own the Magnificent Mile in downtown Chicago, there we do less than 10 miles a day on all of our routes, but the staffing there is more expensive. So if any of you have been to Chicago or live in Chicago, you know that uh, you are immediately 50% less wealthy as soon as you cross into <laughs> Chicago, Chicago city limits. <laughs> and as soon as you leave Chicago city limits, you're all of a sudden twice as wealthy as what you were before. <laughs> so we experience that from a business standpoint of just the cost of living, but my repair and maintenance for that operation is much lower. Now you can contrast that with some other areas that I own uh, that may be in Kentucky or in Alabama where the Payroll cost is substantially less, but some of those territories tend to come with longer mileages, uh, rougher roads, and just a different type of cost structure in every business that you look at. Really good point. Thinking about back office support, what is the first back office hire an owner should make and how many routes do they need to have before they can justify making that hire? So in my first year as a contractor, I had 40 employees before I made my first true back office hire. And, and when I say back office hire, I mean somebody that no part of their job responsibility is to show up to a FedEx terminal. Uh, they are there to process payroll, perhaps. They are there to certainly recruit. That's one of the most important pieces. Remember, we've talked about people and trucks. So having a great fleet strategy, having a great recruiting strategy is essential to your success. And by the time you're at 40 employees, having someone in the back office whose consistent day-to-day -day job incorporates some percentage of recruiting is going to be important. Managing the vehicle titles and the registrations and renewals dealing with child support and all the different things that you may have to do for your employees, that back office employee for me became necessary at 40 employees. For some of you, you will outsource different tasks that you may say, you know what, I don't want to ever even touch payroll. I want somebody else to process that or I don't want to touch uh, recruiting. I want to outsource that. You'll be able to slide those levers around to kind of structure what you want your back office to look like. But for me, at 40 employees, I decided that it was necessary to hire an employee at that point. Okay. And I know your organization is quite large and you have a chief operations officer. Can you talk about what her role is within the organization and what size entity necessitates this type of hire? So my chief operations officer, she's been fantastic and is responsible for keeping the craziness of the 225 routes all running on a, on a daily basis. So your chief operations officer in this business or in any business is a lifeblood for the success of your organization. The way that I structurally have it set up is that you can really justify a chief operations officer probably somewhere between 70 and 100 routes. And the way that I think about justification is I'm thinking about a, a payroll number. I'm thinking about the stability of your revenue stream in the business. These FedEx routes have very stable revenues week over week. It's one of the interesting dynamics that you would think that uh, people order different amounts of boxes on a weekly basis, and, and they certainly do. But when you look at a population as a whole and you have a sample size of your entire zip code, 
it is amazing. It's almost eerie how consistent the revenue is on a week over week basis. Many times it can be within just a couple hundred dollars of uh, one week from the next. So you want to have that consistency of revenue, have your margin be enough to where you can start to justify some of these back office expenses. And for any of you that have kind of read books around scaling businesses and understand the trajectory that growth companies make, I wish I could draw it visually for you here on the podcast, but it's almost like if you think about a chart in your mind and you've got a, a chart where the line is going from the bottom left to the top right, right? It's, it's having a good natural slope you're gonna hit certain points where it plateaus, right? Where it goes really flat. That's where you're hiring all of the people for your back office. You're not, you're not making any additional money during that plateau period. Your margins are kind of flattening out. Your margins might even retract some as you're adding back office, but you're adding those people because you plan on growing forward and you're building the infrastructure of your business to make it to where you can expand. So my chief operations officer came in between 70 and 100 routes and she allowed me to double the business from there uh, because I simply couldn't deal with all of the different field managers that I had reporting to me. Uh, one of my management philosophies is that if you have seven or more people reporting directly to you, you've got too many people reporting to you. Uh, I, I really don't wanna have anyone on my team with more than seven direct reports. That's really good insight. What about a chief financial officer? When should someone consider adding a CFO to their roster? The chief financial officer for me was north of 100 routes. Uh, the chief financial officer is probably going to be one of the most expensive hires that you would make in your back office. Uh, just the skill set and the background that they generally bring to the table commands a premium in payroll. So I would definitely not be able to justify it for me, below 100 routes. But again, some of it is how you want to spend your money. Uh, there may be elements of the business that a chief financial officer could save you on different parts of your business that uh, you feel like you want to hire them early. There may be parts of something that you say, you know what, I really don't enjoy managing my bank accounts and being a treasurer. And so I'm going to reach a little bit for my CFO and I'm going to sacrifice a little margin and I'm going to hire him at 80 routes. I mean, you, you can do that too. Uh, but the chief financial officer for me, that role is a, as much of a treasurer uh, as a chief financial officer. And those are two important distinctions about roles is that there's a lot of cash management that you're doing just given all of the bills that are coming in, the accounts payable that we have to juggle, the payroll, and all the different complexities that come with running a business across multiple different states uh, and uh, multiple different environments from a taxation standpoint. There's just a lot of pieces that a CFO has to be aware of. Okay. And to close out this P&D conversation, there are a couple other roles I'd like to have you touch on. And they're the safety manager, an HR director, and even an IT manager. How do those roles fit into your organization? So a safety manager is someone that is a great cross-functional role for a while in your organization. Uh, there's nothing more important than your drivers and your employees' safety. Uh, there's no cardboard box that's worth someone not making it home to their family. So safety has to be a part of your organization from your very first employee. But at some point, 
the safety is a critical part of your organization's growth trajectory, just with all the people that you're hiring and making sure that they are uh, operating these vehicles safely. It's becoming a FedEx contracting standard where we have to have what's called a video event data recorder in the vehicles, which is a camera that faces both the driver and faces the road. And if there's a triggering event, it'll actually capture the seven seconds before that triggering event and seven seconds after that triggering event. And it will send you an email uh, with that video attached. And so it's actually a teachable moment for that driver. And you can have a safety manager that reviews that. When you're a small business, you probably don't need a full-time safety manager. But once you start to get north of 50 routes, uh, certainly north of 100 routes, having someone that is full-time dedicated towards safety would probably be a good use of your capital. HR director, again, having a plan around your people and the recruiting strategy is essential. Uh, that very first employee that you hire, perhaps around 40 employees, is going to have some elements of HR given their influence in recruiting and retention and all of those pieces. So there's a lot of different levers. And rather than just telling you it's exactly a certain number of routes, I can kind of just outline the roles and the responsibilities. And as we build out your growth plan of how you want to grow inside the FedEx space, we can kind of put those puzzle pieces together. Uh, again, the infographic has some benchmarks that worked for me, uh, but they may be a little bit different for you and, and we can help formulate that strategy with you. Fantastic. All great information for P&D operations. So let's now transition to line haul operations. I know you do both um, and some of our clients are line haul exclusive. So let's think about when you should add a full-time line haul manager to your organization. So the thing to understand with line haul is that every, and when I say line haul, line haul is the 18-wheeler side of the FedEx operation. So FedEx Ground doesn't just contract out the last mile package delivery. They also contract out the 18-wheeler transportation where we as contractors own the tractor. So we own the, the power, the engine portion of the hookup. And FedEx Ground owns the trailers, and they're responsible for loading those trailers. So we bring the tractor, FedEx Ground brings the trailers, and we are responsible, kind of like a mule, of just carrying these trailers from point A to point B, and then back to point A again. So the thing to understand about line haul is that every line haul run produces substantially more revenue than any individual pickup and delivery run. There's just more expense with operating an 18-wheeler versus a pickup and delivery vehicle. Drivers for the line haul side are generally much more expensive than pickup and delivery drivers. So all the figures that I gave you on the pickup and delivery side are essentially going to be accelerated on the line haul side because your revenue is going to reach higher figures with fewer line haul runs. So when I think about a line haul manager in the organization, you really can justify a full-time line haul manager at three or four line haul runs versus the pickup and delivery side. As you'll recall, we talked about eight as a minimum. So you can start to do a little bit of math to understand how the revenue stacks up so much more quickly on the line haul side than the pickup and delivery side. And how many line haul runs should a manager cover and when do you hire more managers? 
So the line haul manager can really get up to somewhere between eight and 12 line haul runs. That's, that's about their peak capacity. One of the things that becomes a challenge for line haul managers is that much of the line haul network operates at night. So it starts at around 7 p.m. and finishes up sometime around 5 a.m. the following morning. Now, there's plenty of exceptions to that. There are team runs where there's two people in the truck and those will run all week long. But your line haul manager is frequently having to take calls at 1 a.m., 3 a.m., I mean, all hours where most of us are sleeping. So your line haul manager has to make a choice of do they want to work the third shift where they're essentially awake from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. and that's how they regulate their body clock. Or do they want to be awake during the day hours when they're probably interacting with you? They may be interacting with FedEx ground. And so it becomes a lot to juggle in that the drivers need attention, but so do you and so does FedEx ground, but they have to have some time to sleep. Okay. (laughs) That sounds difficult. Speaking of evenings, can you talk about what a night dispatcher does and when a line hall owner needs to hire one? So a night dispatcher is like a great gift that you can give to your (laughs) line hall manager. It's the gift of sleep, right? Anybody that has kids uh, understands the value of a good night's sleep. Absolutely. (laughs) Your line hall manager is no different. So once you get to that eight to 12 driver threshold, your line hall manager may be completely fine managing those eight to 12 individuals but they may just not have enough hours in the day to get rest. So you can hire an actually very affordable night dispatcher. Uh, Night dispatchers are not that expensive. Uh, They will be awake for your manager from 7 p.m. to 5 a.m. And they'll handle just kind of all the normal stuff that's ticky-tacky things of like, hey, I'm, I'm running into traffic. We need to notify FedEx Ground that I'm going to be 45 minutes late. Or, uh, you know, I, I blew a tire. I'm on the side of the road. I need a roadside repair to be called out. You know, just things that are not a huge deal. But the night dispatcher has the ability to wake up the manager if there is something major that happens that needs the manager's attention. So that night dispatcher is a great way that you don't have to pay full price for a full-blown manager, which might cost as much as double what a night dispatcher would cost. And so it's a a good way to extend the growth of your line haul piece, but still keep that singular manager. Okay. I've heard you say many times that line haul is a recruitment operation with a side of logistics. So knowing this, when should someone hire a full-time recruiter for their line haul operation? So that, that's exactly right. I mean, the, the way that I explain line haul to people is you are not running an 18-wheeler operation. You are running a recruiting operation with a side of logistics. And the, the reason why I explain it that way is that in the United States, Class A CDL drivers are in significant shortage. Uh, there are some 400,000 Class A CDL driver positions open right now and we can't get those filled in the United States. And that's, that's really because us as a nation, we uh, have not raised our youth to say, you need to grow up to be a truck driver, right? That, that was just not what a lot of parents are telling their kids. They're saying, hey, you need to go to school, you need to go to college, you need to work in the corporate space or start your own uh, company. They're encouraging that path not to be 
a trucker getting a class A CDL. So we've got this substantial shortage in this space. So recruiting is everything in the line haul world. If you can recruit effectively, you can make a lot of money in this space. So I am an advocate of hiring a full-time recruiter as early as you possibly can. And uh, I would be willing to sacrifice margin just for the sake of hiring a full-time recruiter because the way that you can grow with FedEx Ground is by having extra drivers and extra trucks. If you uh, visit us at routeconsultant.com and you read and listen through our training modules where we talk about line haul, I talk about one of the best ways that you can grow equity in your business and add hundreds of thousands of dollars of value is by having extra line haul drivers. So it's worth the investment of getting not just one full-time recruiter, but hire as many as you can, right? Hire as many as you can possibly bear to afford because it's a way that you can massively expand the value of your company by growing with FedEx Ground, but you gotta have the drivers to be able to do it. Can you talk about fleet managers and safety directors? What are their responsibilities and when should a line haul owner bring them on board? So a fleet manager's responsibility is really someone that's going to be uh, handling the titles, the registrations, but they're also going to be handling the repair and maintenance. And that is a huge part as your fleet gets to north of 50 vehicles. It's a lot to keep track of. And, and there's fantastic softwares where we can make some recommendations to you. But, you know, trying to remember when you got the oil changed on which vehicle and the tires checked and brakes checked and transmission fluid changed. I mean, there's just all manner of tracking that has to be done that you can probably have an Excel sheet or a little piece of software while you're at 15 or 30 vehicles. But once you start to get into a larger fleet size, you need somebody that has a full-time commitment towards protecting your fleet because, you know, you've got hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars of assets out there that if you don't take care of them properly, they will depreciate in a heartbeat. You know, the engine will lock up if you don't change the oil in them. And uh, it's, a, it's a catastrophe to, you know, blow a fifteen dollars or $20,000 engine because you forgot to change the oil. Uh, and in the same way, a safety director, as we talked about on the pickup and delivery side, is going to be somebody that puts a full-on focus towards uh, having drivers operate safely. And, and it's more than just safety of your employees. It's also evaluated in your contract with FedEx Ground is that you are required to achieve certain safety standards. And FedEx Ground is very, very serious about uh, safety and making sure that your organization operates in a safe manner. So staying out ahead of the curve by having a safety director and having a safety curriculum early is a great way to stay out of hot water with FedEx Ground. You don't want to have to dig out of a situation where you've started off unsafe and you're having to change your corporate culture. And finally, what about a COO and a CFO? When should they join a line hall organization? So because line hall adds so much more revenue than pickup and delivery. Uh, it doesn't mean that line haul is superior to pickup and delivery. It's just every run contributes more revenue, but there's also more cost that comes with each run. Uh, you can add a COO and a CFO at probably half the levels of what you needed to be at on the pickup and delivery side. So if the COO is at 70, 
on the P&D side, maybe it's at 35 on the line haul side. And if your CFO is at 100 on the pickup and delivery side, then perhaps he or she is at 50 on the line haul side. So it's just a, uh, it's a balancing act and it, it kind of just depends upon how you want to spend your funds and allocate your dollars. But uh, those are broad brushstrokes of how to scale the business. And ultimately, what's exciting about this space is that in so many ways, contracting with FedEx Ground operates a lot like a franchise. Uh, we are not franchisees to FedEx Ground, but we get the brand strength of FedEx Ground. We get the advantage of having no salespeople. We have no marketing budget. We have no accounts receivable. We have no inventory, no inventory obsolescence. We have a lot of tax advantages by getting to depreciate off the fleet. So there's a lot of creativity that you can still use in your operation where it becomes very much your business. It's your company and you're guiding the path forward. So making strategic hires at different intervals is still largely up to you. And, and that's different, I think, than in a lot of industries where there's a more formulaic approach or you're already buying a business that has all of those pieces in place and you somewhat have the burden of corporate overhead before you know what hits you. <laughs> Here, there's a much higher degree of scrappiness uh, that comes along with contracting with FedEx Ground and you can make strategic choices along the way based upon what you want to outsource and what you want to keep in-house all great information. I want to remind everyone listening that we will have resources and related links and those infographics on the show notes and they're there for every podcast we record. So you can go to our website and find our podcasts and everything we've talked about and mentioned will be linked there. Spencer, can you let everyone else know other ways they can engage with our team? Absolutely. So uh, routeconsultant.com is our website and there we have live events that we do. We do virtual events. Uh, we have a ton of educational content. The reason why I created Route Consultant was to provide educational content for all the questions that I desperately wished I could have asked when I was getting started as a FedEx contractor. So now as one of the top three largest FedEx contractors in the nation, I'm still not all that far removed from where I got started. So I remember what it was like to be in the shoes of somebody that's trying to ask those questions of, is this the right investment for me? Or for the current contractors that are listening, is this what I wanna continue doing? Uh, this business is growing rapidly and Route Consultant is here to support you in that space. And if that means selling a part of your business because you've just grown so quickly, we have a ton of contractors doing that, that are taking off a portion of their business, selling it, and putting a solid $700,000 million in their pocket just to capitalize on the growth that has happened with all the businesses. So it's an exciting space to be love getting to be in a part of the economy that has these types of macroeconomic tailwinds. And the mindset behind Rao Consultant is to support you in as many ways as possible to give you confidence on your educational journey. We've got 25 full-time employees here in Nashville, Tennessee that uh, would love to hear from you if you give us a call or give us an email and we will continue to teach you on this journey and uh, give away much of our content just to be able to help uh, you on this journey of figuring out if contracting with FedEx Ground is right for you. Thanks again, Spencer. Looking forward to talking again next month. Awesome. Thank you, Kylie.